<laughs> what happened? I got lost there. Sing a lullaby beside the water. Lovers come and go. Remember, roll, roll, roll. Lay down, my dear brothers. Lay down and take your rest. Oh, won't you lay your head upon your Savior's breast? <clears throat> I, I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best. And we bid you good night, good night, good night. Welcome back to High Wall Clean. My name is Eric McCoy. You know, as last week and this week, um, I decided to do, again, something a little bit differently and not actually do an interview. Um, this kind of also makes them a little bit shorter, so you don't have to obviously listen to the entire thing. You know, early in recovery, a lot of us question uh, whether we're going to be able to stay clean. And, you know, I'll attest early on for me, I didn't believe that I would make it. In 2002, while finally staying in custody and not posting bail again, I was lost and I had no idea what I was doing. None. You know, after I went on a, a six month run after having 11 years clean in 2013, I did have more knowledge about things. And I want to share with you what I did after spending 30 days in a residential program while also attending an outpatient program. Now, I want to explain something really quick. So in my book, Pain, Failure, and Misery are the Stepping Stones to Success, I talk a little bit about this relapse, but I want to add a little bit more to the story. And so I had attended 30 days in a residential program at Tarzana Treatment Center. I got out of there and I went into an outpatient program. Did I fuck up at times? I did. And there were a couple of different times that I ended up relapsing. But that's where I kind of come back to this thing. You know, no matter where you've been or what you've done, you can do anything you want if you're willing to fight for it. And I know, I know how difficult it is early in recovery. And what I eventually did, it did work for me. And I'm hoping that this can help others, which I hope it actually does. You know, for me, staying busy was important since my mind was still foggy. But as I spent a lot of years prior to this working with people, there was something that I always taught people, and it was to use our minds. And I'm speaking about creativity. You know, I can actually show you what, I, what I'm actually talking about. You know, I was living in an apartment with my girlfriend, who is now my wife, and her two kids. I didn't have a job. You know, as all that I knew was working in the substance abuse industry, but obviously only having 30, 60, 90 days clean, um, it really wasn't that feasible. And so I did take what I could as I started driving for Uber. And actually, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but I also needed more. I needed something that was going to work my brain and, and allow me to that creativity that I always loved and I always enjoyed. 
you know, creativity and staying busy was my answer to battling the cravings. I had days that I wanted to say, fuck it and disappear. You know, my depression would creep in the uncomfortability of relearning to accept that I have feelings and needing to actually embrace these feelings rather than push them down or in a worst case scenario, use meth to ultimately numb myself. You know, as I worked really hard to express in words, the power that drugs have in my book, pain, failure, and misery are the stepping stones to success. For those that don't understand your mind and body feel that it is absolutely needed the same exact way that our body reacts when you're starving for food or you're extremely dehydrated and you're craving water. You know, the only difference is that the drug isn't required, but I will tell you good luck in telling your mind and body that now try to follow me on this story. You know, the pleasure part of the brain, which is also called the nucleus accumbens, is being manipulated by the drug that is ultimately causing the pleasure, which is also this reinforcing chemical. This is the same reinforcing neurotransmitter that is released, causing you to desire food or to desire water when we are hungry or when we are thirsty. The desire for food and water must be stored somewhere in our memory so that we can recall what was needed to quench the thirst or to satisfy that need for food. Without the memory, none of this would work. You know, if our body was dehydrated and we had no recollection of how to satisfy this, we would be in trouble. And this is where the amygdala comes into play. And this is the part of the brain that stores our emotional memories. All of those memories that we need to recall for survival. You know, as meth was my drug of choice, meth became that chemical that altered the functioning of my brain, which told that part of the brain of survival that this is what will keep me alive. Glutamate, which is the most abundant excitatory neurotransmitter, has ingrained that message into my memory. You know, and just as we crave food when we are hungry, I now am craving that drug because this is what is keeping me alive. This memory doesn't immediately go away when you get clean. You know, you can be off the substance for six months with the amygdala. It's reminding you, whispers, that you're missing something. And a lot of times this happens when you see something that reminds you of it. Or in some cases with me, when I woke up in the morning, you know, the greatest tool that I used was to stay busy. And so we had a garage that we rented in the complex that we had, and I began working on things. Now, I've always been good with my hands, so I decided to use this strength, use your strengths. Now, I found a table, and this was something really cool. So I found this table on the website of Goodwill that it was very interesting to me, and it was $18, and this is what it looked like. Take a look. So it had a backgammon table on top. And I thought, you know, I think I could refurbish this. 
it was 18 bucks. But I did not realize exactly what this was. And so I purchased it. It was actually too big to get in my car. So I had to actually take it apart and I got it home. And there was something very special about this table, which I'm going to show you in a second. So I sanded the thing down to raw wood and I stained it. It turned out to be a 1920s table and it folded into a full-size dining room table. And this is what the end result was. So I took an $18 table and I ended up selling this thing for over $200. Not too bad. Now this got me excited. So I went to a Goodwill store and I purchased this cabinet, which was for a fish tank. And then I got very creative. I found a small toy pool table that I sanded the cabinet. And once again, I stained it and I created a new door as I also learned a new technique and learned something that I had never really done before about wood burning, which I'll get to in a second. And this is the end result. Pretty cool, huh? I sold this for about 150 bucks and it was actually sold as a bar. <laughs> now, obviously not getting rich, but I am making money. And more importantly, I was staying clean and sober. You know, creativity has always been a strong suit of mine. And, you know, as I mentioned, I learned wood burning. Now, if you saw the image for the podcast that I did with Judge Bromberg, I created that plaque for him. And since I was clean, I decided to make a 12-step plaque with Bill W. and Dr. Bob. And this is what that looked like. I was testing different wood and I burned this plaque back to the fifties. And now for those that know me, the Grateful Dead is my favorite band of all time. And I made a tribute to all the members who have died over the years. And now for those that don't know, four of those that are on here were the keyboardists as Pigpen or also Ron McGurnan, uh, the one where that was right after Jerry is the original keyboardist, Keith Godshaw, who took his place in 1973 as Pigpen was getting sick. And then he died in 1974 as his liver hemorrhaged from his drinking. So all you alcoholics out there, take a look, listen to that. Keith left the band as a mutual agreement in 1979 when Brent Midland came in to take his place. Now, sadly, Godshaw died in a car accident a year after leaving the band. And then Brent Midland suddenly died in 1991 from a speedball. So Vince Wilnick stepped in and then he committed suicide in 2006, which was over 10 years after the Grateful Dead ended. Now, the first one on this plaque is Jerry Garcia, who died in 1995 during a period when he actually went to rehab to get off of heroin. So ironically enough, he was actually clean when his heart failed. Now, the words on the top that I put on here is from a song that was written by the Grateful Dead, and it was sung a cappella. 
to close a lot of the concerts in the late 60s and the beginning of the 70s. And then it was revived again in 1989 through 91. And it's called, And We Bid You Good Night. But I wanted to share this a little bit. I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of insight into the highness that I actually found in doing these things. Very, you know, creativity was probably the thing that really saved my life. You know, finding things to do, using my brain. And there's another perk behind using your brain is it actually will help speed up the process of helping with all the brain damage that you may have caused. So again, I wanted to share this. Um, Again, I've kind of taken a little sidestep from what my normal podcasts have been with interviews and meeting different great, fantastic people, which we will get to some more later. But I wanted to, again, take a little sidestep and just to kind of share with you guys some information. You know, um, obviously the last one I did, I got an opportunity to tell you a very interesting story that I can laugh at today. And again, laughter is one of the greatest ways we can get high. Going out and being creative are some great ways to get high. So again, let's do this. Lay down, my dear brothers, lay down and take your rest. Oh, won't you lay your head upon your Savior's breast? I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best, and we bid you good night, good night. Good night. I'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to High Wall Clean. Again, my name's Eric McCoy. Keep getting high, but let's do it clean. Yeah.